What's up, ladies and gentlemen? You're listening to The Guy Wire with Matt and Chris. Episode two. Episode two. We've uh, been away for a minute. That is due to a move on my behalf. We uh, moved out of a townhome into a standalone house surrounded by yard and grass and trees, and we actually have a nice air-conditioned studio. So we moved out of the Plaid Palace Studios, and we are coming at you from Checkmate Studios. That is a uh, call-out to my original podcast that uh, Mr. Kevin Bishop and myself still do called Checkmate with Bishop and Knight. Check that out. Otherwise, uh, what do you think about the new space we have here, the new vibe there, Chris? It's it's a uh, much-needed uh, improvement. I think it's it's a, a huge step in the right direction. Yeah, so. we basically moved out of uh, a garage that had a sectional in it uh, to a, a downstairs den with uh, a bar and a TV on the wall and movie posters and my heavyweight championship dad bod belt as many of you know i do go by the mantra the dad bod matt knight on my pro wrestling podcast swanton pod go check that one out buy some of our merch swantonpod.com shameless plug <laughs> so got uh, all the plugs in there in like 30 seconds i well did done. i did uh so that's what i've had uh, going on we uh, kind of happened abruptly we were looking to get out of our lease and then our, our landlord wanted to put the house on the market and said well if you guys can get the hell out of here in the next 15 days we won't charge you anything extra so it's kind of what we did. We, had yeah, planned, we got her done. We had planned on uh, bringing you guys an, an episode to kind of tide you over. Um, in the meantime, it just didn't happen with the way the timeline worked out. And Chris was gracious enough to break his back with me for a week while we moved all yeah, that was... stuff unexpectedly. We, we pretty much moved. We didn't really pack. We just moved. Yeah, just started throwing <laughs> stuff in boxes in the back of my truck and, and just hauling it out of there as fast as we could. So. Yeah, so, uh, but anyway, it worked out. We're still not unpacked yet, but we've got the, the studio space set up and it's nice and air-conditioned and dimly lit like a speakeasy. And yeah. well, uh, well, don't worry about the unpacking because you'll finally finish unpacking right before it's time to move again. Yeah, last time it wasn't quite like that. I, I pushed through. We had moved everything out of our apartment into what used to be the studio space in the garage. We just packed all the boxes in there. And then I got a random hair up my ass that I was going to go down there and just unpack absolutely everything. And so I did that in about three days. Oh, good dear. Jeez. Yeah. So that was that was fun. Uh, that's what I've got going on. What about you, Chris? I know we've, been, we've seen a lot of each other, but other than us moving and... Uh, a beach trip that we're going to talk about a little bit later on in mm -hmm. the podcast, which is going to be kind of the subject of, of what our guy talk is going to be for the night is a little bit of fishing and dad's on vacation. Yep. Uh, no, for me, it's, uh, it's, you know, I helped you move and, and then we went to the beach for a little bit and, and, uh, it's, it's been just mellow. I'm still living the dream, just, uh, doing what I've been doing, been, you know, quote unquote retired for, for the time being and, and seeing how that goes. And, and I don't know, I'm going to do whatever the hell I feel like, I guess. And uh, I think one thing that you haven't talked about, I don't think you talked about it on the last, uh, our, excuse me, our last, our first pilot episode was uh, your Skeeter boat that you bought. Yes, yes. I just brought just brought home a brand new uh, 2022 Skeeter FXR 20. So it's a 20 foot Skeeter with a uh, 250 uh, 250 horsepower uh, Yamaha uh, outboard. So I think it was like a bat out of hell. It's it's uh, the the scariest and the most amazing thing I've ever owned. We'll take that thing out on uh, Yeet Street, out on the middle of the water. Get it? Open Absolutely. It up. Full pull. Full pull. Hell yeah! Center to the moon tune. Let her eat. Oh, she eats. Barrel skeet. Let her eat. <laughs> Tell you what. So I st I haven't had the opportunity to get out on it yet, but that's uh, that's coming soon. Hopefully, uh, 
one of our other guests from the Checkmate podcast, uh, good old JR, will be able to get out and spend some time. He's he's all over the place, though. It's hard to pin him down for anything. Yeah, I've actually been kind of glad I've had some time to uh, to get the boat out by myself and and get used to it. I'm I'm coming from a you know something with a 50 horse outboard on it, so it's it's a big difference, uh, huge upgrade in boat and and power and speed. So I'm I'm figuring out how to drive it and do that safely uh, before I really start taking people out on it. So hell, throw throw me in a life jacket. I don't give a shit about my own safety. <laughs> <laughs> my my favorite phrase used to be, "Hey, watch this." So what what's the purpose of the boat? Uh, I know that uh, I. I I know the answer, but I just want you to, to divulge it to our, our listeners about uh, one of your one of your passions that you seem to have picked up in your in your early retirement. Uh, going fast and fucking bitches. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it's it's. Uh, I've been an avid fisherman for years, and and it's always been a dream of mine to have a fully rigged out um, bass boat. Basically, to uh, for anybody that's not into bass fishing or. or know what it's about just uh just turn on any one of the bass masters uh fishing tournaments that you see on like espn and espn2 the boats that those are guys are riding in is exactly what i'm riding in now i've heard the name bat masterson was he a fisherman bat masterson because I, I i hear bass master and bat masterson i feel like that it, it, i can't play i've heard it too but i can't place it yeah. I think I'm gonna have to Google it now. I'm gonna Google Bat Masterson. Uh, and and as a uh, as a, a fisherman, would you consider yourself uh, intermediate or a master baiter? <laughs> I would definitely say uh, intermediate. That um, it's it's bass fishing is such a complex and ever changing and evolving sport, and and uh, you know some people consider it a hobby, but I think it's way more than that. It's constantly evolving and changing, so keeping up with things and, and the new uh, new techniques and new lures and, and things like that are coming out. There's a lot of information to absorb, um, you know, and, and uh, I really got serious about it just a few years ago, um, actually when I bought my first boat. So uh, realizing that going from fishing in like little backyard farm ponds to fishing big lakes from a boat there's a huge difference in that and the learning curve is it just ridiculous well, weren't you even telling me that now there are guys who are doing fishing via drone with uh, drone cameras and stuff like that uh kind of kind of it's it's not an actual drone especially definitely not any of the guys that are fishing tournaments but um they have sonar technology that is on the front um uh, the trolling motor on the front of the boat that allows you to see what is going on in the water in front of the boat and you can direct it wherever you want. So you can you can literally get a live picture, sonar picture of the fish in front of your boat and a live sonar picture also of your lure in the water and how the fish are reacting to it. So it, it's almost like having a camera or a drone in the in, underwater in the front of the is boat. Is that a shark with a laser beam on its head? Uh, that, pretty much, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> um, there's actually a huge, huge controversy around this technology as well. That it's it's eliminating the skill um, that so many bass fishermen, especially tournament fisher, it's it's a multi billion dollar industry. Mm -hmm. uh, well, when you told me what kind of money you've dropped on not only your boat but your rods and your setup to outfit your boat. Um, I kind of just had to put my finger in my butt to keep it from puckering. Yeah, we're we're just not going to talk about that <laughs> that number. Um, I, I would estimate I've you know just on boats and fishing stuff I've I've spent six figures. So, an amateur hobbyist who who was on a you know a dad's weekend budget that loves to fish that grew up like I did. Um, Chris and I we went 
uh, about a month ago and we we shot a few rounds on my family farm there's a, a good good place down there and he wasn't aware that there's a pond on the farm too mm-hmm. and that's the pond that i grew up fishing it started with uh, a, a bamboo cane pole a piece of line attached to it me and my grandpa out there with some some night crawlers and a, a bobber you know mm-hmm. um, and i fished that pond for you know probably 30 years um had good luck some days had bad luck others uh, yep. fished all around the pond and it seems like it doesn't ma- the, there's no rhyme or reason to it it doesn't matter what the spot you're at what the weather is they're biting in a different spot on a different day and you just never know what you're going to catch now a guy like that like me pretty much an amateur when it comes to fishing not even just bass like i go out there and if i catch something i'm pretty much happy you know mm-hmm. what is it plausible for somebody to have good luck and not spend a grandiose amount of money on a, on a bass setup or or what was your recommendation on uh, something to get started before you, you know, pour your wallet into it would be. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's an easy thing. I, I have, you know, I'm, I'm addicted to buying tackle and fishing rods and, and, you know, I'm an absolute tackle junkie. So, you know, do I need as much tackle as I have? Absolutely not. Um, yeah. What's, uh, and what's your, what's your TikTok page for your, uh, your, your bass fishing oh, adventures? Oh yeah. Uh, thank you. Um, it is uh bass and NC three, three, six. So B A S S I N N C. Three three six. You got it. Okay, and I'll I'll try to remember to post a link uh, or post that username in uh, in the bio for the episode. Um, And there's one where you were showing like. 96 tackle containers that you have <laughs> under compartments in the boat? Yeah, no, the, the front deck of my boat has one big compartment in the middle of it. Um, actually, there's three big compartments, but the one in the middle is, uh, and if you go to my TikTok, you can see the video. No, it's, uh, it, it's really intended just for tackle storage and mm. keeping all your tackle boxes in there. Um, and I've just set mine up so it looks rather aesthetically pleasing in, in addition to being very functional. Gotcha. And uh, if you guys have any advice or anything you want us to talk about related to guy stuff or just in response to uh, anything we talk about in this episode or a previous episode, we do have an email set up. It is guywirepod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, We'll take anybody as guest. We can do remote. If you guys have guy stuff you want to talk about or if you want to debate us on some guy stuff we talk about. That's for you ladies out there if you're listening. Yeah, if, if you think we're full of shit and we got our heads squarely up our asses and, and we're wrong on you know everything or just a specific topic, let us know. We'd love to talk about it. We're men. We're stupid, okay? <laughs> That's just a given. You don't need to actually say it. Yeah. yeah the, 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 the podcast is made for drinking beer in the alley with your boys. I like that. I don't know. That might be enough Hank Hill for tonight. We have to get on a dang on boom hard on something. Take a fish in the water, man. And hook, hook my, and they're going to hold my thumb. Uh, See, I just can't keep up. I can't do impressions. That's that's something I've just never never had. Yeah, I don't know. I was very lonely as a child. So. <laughs> I was too. I did a lot of fishing. I did a lot of fishing too, but I was out there making doing impressions at the fish while I was like <laughs> waiting on my bobber to sink. That's neither here nor there. Maybe that maybe that should have been for our first episode on men's mental health and <laughs> why I am the way I am. Why you talk to the fishes? Yeah, uh, but that uh, that does bring us into a, a topic that is uh, very near and dear to our hearts. Uh, we want to spread some awareness on a certain subject that does affect some guys uh, like Chris and myself. Some I'm very passionate about. We didn't know that we both had this problem, this ordeal that we were going through uh, when we met. 
Um, it was only through, you know, really getting to know each other and kind of opening up about some certain things that are happening, you know, to our bodies as we're aging as men that kind of brought it to light. And uh, that is that we both and a lot of guys out there like us, um, excuse me if I get choked up a little bit, um, suffering from CBD, BPD. Um, about one in 10 men out there suffer from really CBD, that many BPD. Wow. Yeah, um, it, it's all different body types, too, um, that suffer from this disorder. And we just want to get the word out, spread the awareness um, about chronic big dick back pain disorder. Um, waking up in the mornings after a long day on your feet, if you're out doing yard work, is when it really hits you. The chronic big dick back pain disorder, is it's not something to laugh or poke fun at, guys. Um, you know, it, it may seem like a great problem to have, but it's painful. There's some days just getting out of bed and dragging it out of the bed is is the challenge. Yeah, yeah. Um, it has its advantages in one respect, but in literally every other, it's it, it holds us back. Um, we're not as good of athletes. We have to buy certain equipment and certain um, sizes of things that don't necessarily fit us as well to cope with the chronic big dick back pain disorder. It's it's an absolute tragedy. You know, I'm, I'm over six feet tall, but I could never dunk a basketball because of it. I'm short and I can never run fast yeah. because of it. Uh, What's well, dragging behind you? So. In, in the military, I had to wear extra underwear in the shorts, my PT shorts that have the underwear built in uh, just to, so I could make it through the day with my chronic big dick back pain disorder. Did you ever try to use your PT belt to kind of hold it up and support it at all? Yeah, I okay. did. Um, and on rep marches, my pistol belt helped wow. as well. Okay. So uh, our heart goes out to all you men out there that are suffering from chronic big dick back pain disorder. Uh, we hope that you get some relief somehow bring this to your doctor's attention because it does not get enough recognition. That was so stupid. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> That's so stupid. I was trying so hard not to laugh. So back to the whole fishing subject. Uh, my family and I went on vacation to Oak Island, North Carolina, a yearly trip that uh, I've done since uh, Wifey Sauce and I have gotten together. Her uh, her family, just a thing that they go every year to down to Oak Island, stay in the same house usually every year. Because of the pandemic, some things changed there where this is the first year that I was stayed in that house, and I think this is the third or fourth year that I've been on, on that yearly beach vacation. I asked Chris what he was up to and, you know, semi-retired, so mm -hmm. he... Uh, he Airbnb it, got a hotel room down, and uh, came and did some surf fishing with me, which is one type of fishing that you told me you had never done. Correct. Yeah, I've I've, I've done saltwater fishing, but I've never done surf fishing. Um, you know, I've seen it on videos on YouTube and, and TV and stuff like that, but it was it was uh, something I'd never actually gotten to to jump in and try out. So I'm you know uh, I'm always uh, interested in trying out a new type of fishing or fishing for a species I've never caught before and kind of checking it off the list or, or something like that. Yeah, I uh, kind of just stumbled into it i just i think the year before last i took uh i think a bass uh, no a catfish rod that i had which i thought was a big rod at the time and that was a conversation <laughs> we had too which you mm -hmm. said that uh the hip what's the heaviest tackle that you have or had previous to this week yeah i've got a, a seven foot six inch uh you know heavy weighted casting rod and uh it, it in comparison to all my other rods it feels like i'm picking up a giant broomstick mm -hmm. um it, at least until i had come out and and uh 
checked out some of those surf fishing rods. Yeah, my uh, my surf fishing rod of choice. Uh, I alternate between a ten foot and a twelve foot. Uh, mm-hmm. the, my rod of choice is usually the the twelve foot. If I'm in the surf, if I'm on a pier, I'll I'll you know knock it down to the ten foot, depending on where I'm casting or, or whatever. But uh, yeah, that's uh, throwing you know anywhere from three to five ounces of weight on there, based on how the the wind and how heavy the surf is coming in. Mm-hmm. It's uh, kind of a whole different breed, man. That that first cast with a with a three ounce weight, I think last year when I went out and did it, I was like, I'm gonna break everything in my hands. Oh yeah, it felt like I was slinging a, be- a bowling ball out yeah. there because in bass fishing, the head, like if you use something that's an ounce and a half, that's like really heavy. Yeah, so uh, we didn't catch much. The wind was up. The surf was really high uh, the whole time we were there. I think you got a croaker or a couple mm-hmm. croaker. Yeah. Um, I got the, the, my first day there, um, I was just knocking down croakers, like literally all I could, I could pull in. Um, then I got a couple small shark and a stingray and uh, fun story. I should have looked up how to handle a stingray before <laughs> I caught my first stingray because I got stung by said stingray. And now you'll never forget. Never forget. Yeah. Correct way is to uh, hold the barb and place your hand under the fish as you release it back into the water. Um, that is if you're releasing stingray, I don't know why anybody would keep stingray. I don't know if you can eat them or not. Uh, some species you can. Yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily all that tasty, but I know you can. Yeah. They're just... They're so cute to me, little sea flap flaps, like just little the, the, but, the butterflies of the ocean. I, I can't. I'm, I'm not. I'm gonna get the hook out as fast as I can and get it back out there. But uh, my, my last cast while I was there, I had uh, I'd hooked a finger mullet through through the eyes, so it was going you know directly through the skull to hold it on there. And something was fighting me. Right, my rod was bent over like a rainbow, and then it just let loose, and I reeled in like nothing but the head. Whatever I had on there just ripped the spine right out of the skull of this fish and i was like wow damn it if i'd have hooked that thing it, it would either piss me off or i'd have been happy it would have pissed me off if it was like a four-foot shark which mm-hmm. you know i don't mind catching four-foot shark but there are guys out there who probably shouldn't be as in a video that you sent me where a guy had one on a boat and he lost lost his pinky finger because he didn't he was trying to remove the hook with his hands and the pliers yep. And with shark, you want to stay away from the mouth. I don't know if you guys know that about sharks. <laughs> yeah, that is the uh, dangerous end. Yeah, the, you play with their butthole all day long, but uh, <laughs> you know, stay stay away from the mouth of the shark. That's not where you want to be. Even the even the small ones. Uh, I showed it to wifey sauce, and she's like, "I don't see its teeth." And I was like, "Oh, they're in there. Mm-hmm. They're in there." And I, I looked, and they have little little spinally teeth. It was about a it was probably about a nine inch shark, maybe ten. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that was the the smallest yeah. shark I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I've, I'd caught probably some fourteen and sixteen inch ones the day before that, um, and and you could see the teeth better on those. But uh, yeah, uh, shark are fun to catch. They don't uh, the hook doesn't get really set in too far, and they're easy to, to get off the hook. Uh, skin feels like sandpaper. They don't fight you too much, and if if they do, they're pretty easy to grip onto because of their the sandpapery yeah. type of their skin. But I wear a fishing glove whenever i pick up a fish i'm I'm like weird about it because i've been (laughs) i've been poked and prodded by so many fish that i didn't know had spines and and other like fins that they can use as weapons and shit Mm -hmm. that got stuck in my hands and i come back you know bloody from a day of fishing it's like what were you doing i thought you were fishing like you fought a guy well there's (laughs) there's some there's some fish species that they look completely harmless Mm -hmm. um but their gill plates um are razor sharp yeah and you bump your hand against that and they'll they'll cut you up pretty bad yeah that was uh even i keep freshwater aquariums and there's a fish called a placostomus it's uh, i think they fish it out of the amazon 
it may be South America. I, I can't remember where they where they get these fish, but um, they can you know grow up to you know up to two feet long. But the ones that I've had have usually maxed out at about ten inches. And even moving them with a net from one aquarium to the other, their um, their uh, pectoral fins hmm. have spines on them that they can pop out whenever they feel threatened. And oh. I, and I've grabbed through the net Ooh. to turn it over to try not to hurt the fish and they've they've got me a little bit in the hands and getting spined with even like largemouth bass the the spines on their dors their dorsal fin um you get stuck with one of those it, uh-huh. there's i think there's a little bit of venom or like poison of some mm-hmm. sort in there it 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 hurts for a while yeah so uh do you think uh we didn't have ideal ideal conditions but uh yeah no do, blowing 25 miles an hour on the wind all day that was yeah. that was a little rough do, do you think uh that's something that you'd uh, try again? Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, um, <laughs> it's crazy. I was actually looking at saltwater boats on Facebook Marketplace yeah. today. <laughs> yeah, and, I'm not going to go jump out and buy another boat, but it was just kind of curious to see what was out there. Yeah, we found a, well, Chris found a pretty cool spot down on the intercoastal waterway. You kind of go down around the Oak Island Bridge. Uh, there's a little side road that it looks like it, it might have been paved 30 years ago, uh, but it has just been in, in shambles since then. And we got down, and there was this family fishing on the, the, the concrete pylon. Uh, mm-hmm. The base the, of the pylon, yeah, yeah. the base of the pylon. And they were, they were you know, they left as we were kind of starting, getting started fishing there and gave Chris some bait and some other stuff. And, and we walked across the concrete pylon out there in the intercoastal. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Except for the 25-mile-an-hour wind that, you know, blew blew my hat off and then blew my shoes into the water. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it was it was cool. I had sent some pictures of wifey sauce. And she said, how in the hell? <laughs> <laughs> we found the redneck way to get out here. Mm-hmm. We got it done. But, you know, I think the, uh, I definitely want to check out the intercoastal. I think there's some really good fish in there. Um, you know, even if, uh, even if I brought my smaller boat out and put that in the water, I think that'd be a lot of fun to check out next time we're out there. So, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, fall, uh, everything that I've seen falls is one of the best times to go. You can catch some big puppy drum, uh, some big black drum, Spanish pompano, and hmm. they, they even do some tournaments down there. Um, I don't know if they're, they're completely surf. Or if it's just, you know, you bring in what you bring in, but that's something I'd be interested in trying out. With, with the vacation, you, you, uh, I can only imagine with uh, taking your clan uh, to the beach and packing everybody into the car and, and everything like that, uh, you probably had some, adv- had some challenges uh, that you came up against with, uh, with getting all that done. So I'm guessing that a lot of you dads out there will agree with my sentiment that uh, a family vacation for a dad, and I'm not doubting moms. I'm not saying this isn't the same for them, but I, I don't have the experience of a mom on vacation. I have the experience on, of dad on vacation with his family. So it's never really a vacation uh, as a dad. I have a, a almost a two-year-old at this point. It's uh, ju- end of July right now, and he'll be two in, um, in October, middle of October. And then we have a seven-year-old as well. I have a seven-year-old stepdaughter. And... So the morning of the vacation, I got out and mowed the yard, the house we just moved into, and all I have is a push mower on, I think it's six-tenths of an acre. I think that's what the size lot is. Yeah, so it looks about right. So it's a decent-sized yard to push mow, um, especially in 100% humidity and 90-degree weather. So I did that first thing the day that we left for vacation. Came in, took a shower, then I packed. Then I packed the car. Then I got the fishing rods secured to the top of the car, which we have a an SUV. So I have I use pool noodles and 550 cord to secure the rods to the top of the car. <laughs> uh, not the most efficient way to do it, probably, but the one of the 
smarter ways that I've seen to get, you know, these large rods up and down, you know, from the Piedmont triad down to the coast. So that was about, you know, 45 minutes of playing Tetris to load everything in the car for all the kids, myself, wifey sauce, sand toys, boogie boards, bait and tackle, stuff in the cooler that's going, the cooler bag for the kids to have snacks while they're getting down there. Then you get to the beach finally, and the wife goes in with the kids as I unpack the car, carry the stuff up a flight of stairs into the room and try to get everything situated, all the free refrigerator stuff unpacked into the refrigerator while the kids are, you know, stir crazy from being in the car. And then the rest of the time there, uh, despite brief respites of getting to fish while she watches the kids or, you know, the boy has a nap is spent just trying to keep the, toddler from killing himself in any way possible because you're there in heavy surf and heavy winds and rip currents and he's obsessed with water i mean he sees the ocean and he's just going water 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 and he wants to be in it and he has no fear when it goes to getting in the surf so i I think i've i did more manual labor in the week that i was on vacation than i do on a normal day-to-day work day when I'm when I'm at work because I sit in front of a computer all day. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's my job. I, I do stuff on the computer uh, for the financial services industry, and uh, I'm not nearly as worn out as I was <laughs> after a week of vacation. I, I, and getting and super uncomfortable beds, too. Like, my back was spasming uh, from this uncomfortable bed. I have arthritis in my hips, my knees, and my lower back from days spent in the military, ruck marches, and carrying all kinds of weight and everything else. And uh, sleeping in my own bed uh, last night when we got back was just like, I mean, it was heaven. I woke up this morning, 10 a.m., just refreshed and <laughs> got out there. And guess what? It had rained a bunch while I was gone. And I had to push mow that fucking yard all <laughs> over again this morning to keep it down. So. You never got, you never even got to enjoy the fresh cut after you uh, did the, the, did it right before you left. No, no, but I did get a compliment from our neighbors who had brought us over some food. Uh, we had to give them their, their dishes back and they said, you're making us look bad with uh, the way you're keeping up your yard maintenance. I'm like, I'm not doing shit, but mowing once a week. <laughs> like now that I'm home, it's probably going to be twice a week because as grass gets so high, it's hard to push mow. So until I, until I make a purchase of a riding lawnmower. Which, if anybody out there in the dad group wants to uh, donate some dollars for uh, Matt Knight's riding mower fund, I will be more than happy. I think. Or, or, or if you know of a good deal on a, uh, a, a slightly used and well, well-maintained... Uh, yeah, like I'm not looking for a brand new mower. Like I've been priced them at 250 bucks, and that's probably what I'm going to go with is a decent used one that I'm going to have to do a little bit of work to, spark plugs, maybe fuel filter, take out the old fuel, sharpen the blades. I ain't, I ain't looking for nothing except for something that I can sit on that has a you know decently comfortable seat, probably has a rip in it and some electrical tape covering it. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that that would be a, a lifesaver and allow me more time to give you guys content such as this podcast. There you go. And I think uh, through Anchor FM, I can put in donate donate to match. Donate more to match. <laughs> so, I like that. Yeah. So uh, that's what that's what I've I've had going on, and, and Chris had going on. So uh, we had some good good fresh seafood while we were down there, and. Uh, that that was that was one of the highlights of the the trip for me. Um, and I'm not the biggest seafood person normally. Um, yeah. But but and you know I lived on the West Coast for a number of years, so fresh seafood is is not something I'm I'm uh, unfamiliar with. But uh, yeah, it was it was nice to get back out on the coast and and have some fresh seafood again. That's one weird thing you told me. I've uh, 
I've been to the West Coast, but I've never seen the Pacific Ocean. I guess technically I have. It was just from the other side, uh, the, the South Korea side of it. <laughs> but uh, as far as being in continental U.S., I've never seen the Pacific Ocean. It's always been Atlantic or the Gulf of Mexico. And you said that the water looks... Uh, and the coast is just different. Yeah, um, obviously the coastline is, is significantly different. You see a lot more cliffs and, and cliff faces on the uh, on the west coast. But the thing that stood out to me the most is is because this this was only the second time I'd ever been to the Atlantic coast. Uh, the the color of the ocean. Uh, the first time I'd gone, it, it just jumped out at me that it's so much different, and it wasn't something I expected. On the on the west coast, it's it's uh, much more of a deeper blue color, especially once once you get out into the deep water. Whereas the uh, the Atlantic uh, was a lot more green uh i was i was really kind of surprised by that sorry i just got a news notification uh, anybody who's local to winston area um a firearm was discharged at haynes mall in winston-salem early sunday evening according to the winston-salem police department the firearm discharge occurred around 5 56 p.m currently no injuries have been re- reported i wish these idiots would stop firing guns inside of the mall out here it's like once a month and and that I mean we have the worst mall on the planet here in town. So I mean it's it's you can't turn on the news without hearing about a shooting or a fight or or something going on there. And especially around the holidays, like people are getting mugged in the parking lot constantly. So that's why I carry it all the time. <laughs> you know that actually uh, that that definitely brings up a good point. Is is being being prepared for how do I put it unsavory situations um, you know those those unfortunately can pop up anytime um, and especially if you have a family or, or you know people that you care about that you're out in public with um, being the person that, that can stand up and and uh, protect them um, in some form or fashion is is I think a lot of people don't put enough emphasis on that anymore or, or uh, have an understanding of what that entails um, educating yourself a little bit on that on, on how to protect yourself and and what to do in those situations is is pretty crucial if, yeah. you, if you love the people you're with. And I think uh, I think a big thing too is um, the Constitution. Not a lot of people have a good base working knowledge of the Constitution or the amendments. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one we're speaking of being the second, of course, um, yep. the right to bear firearms or bear and keep firearms. Well, maintain militia. You can go look it up for the verbiage. <laughs> but uh, that brings me into a good segue. Uh, Wild Bill of the Last Stand podcast just released his July 4th. Well, it was going to be a July 4th episode, but it turned into a Month of Freedom episode. Nice. Um, and he talks about uh, why we celebrate July 4th, the history behind July 4th, what July 4th means as far as America gaining its independence and forming as a constitutional republic. That's one thing that you will hear a lot of people who want to argue about democracy. We are not a democracy. We are a constitutional republic that does differ from democracy. So Wild Bill goes into the detail on that. He's a very well-read individual on the subject. Um, so go check him out at the Last Stand podcast. He does some uh, street interviews, uh, not him. He pulls examples of street interviews from uh, different things on YouTube where people are asked, you know, do you know why we celebrate July 4th? And the good majority of people interviewed have no freaking idea uh, why we celebrate July 4th and just why uh, I think that America still, despite many efforts to not be, is the greatest country on earth. So go check that out. That should be a good episode if you guys want uh, a good history lesson from Wild Bill. And I believe he'll be up next weekend, which will be the last weekend in July, maybe the first weekend in August, if I look at my dates right, um, to do an episode of Checkmate with Bishman Knight. Should be an interesting one. We don't know what we're going to get into, as it usually goes several different directions when Bill gets up here. Might be a good time for a live. It may be a good time for a live. 
it may be a good time for a video live. Ooh, I definitely like that idea. Yeah, and my uh, my face my thirty day Facebook restriction will be up by then, so hey. I could either do it on Facebook or YouTube. Getting out of Facebook jail. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. kind of want to do it on YouTube. It seems like it's easier for users to find it and tune in when it's on YouTube. Yeah, and I think we had some issues with Facebook where uh, like they could they could get in there, but then if they backed out, they couldn't get back in right. or, or something to that effect. So something strange. Yeah, in the neighborhood. So there's a there's a sporting goods store down on Oak Island that I tend to go and get all my live bait hooks, bait and tackle, and different things from. And I've had nothing but good experiences there. But you had the had, one bad experience. I had one bad experience. Yeah, we had gone there the day prior, and I had picked up a uh, a big surf casting rod and reel. And, and well, you spent uh, about what two fifty that first day, yeah, something like there. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm usually, especially when it comes to fishing gear, I'm I'm usually not going to buy the whatever's the cheapest there. I'm I'm usually going to go somewhere in the middle. Uh, just cause I, I've definitely under found out from, from, uh, trial and error that you definitely get what you pay for in those circumstances. But, um, no walked in and, and, uh, there was some kid, I think he must've been no more than what, 18 years old, um, had greeted us when we came in and asked if we need any help. And, and I just told him flat out, I was like, Hey, look, I, I'm, I'm a bass fisherman. I don't know anything about the saltwater fishing. This is what we're doing. Uh, what would you recommend? Um, and he came up, he put together, put together a combo for me and, you know, a rod and reel and gave me a couple of different recommendations. Um, all in all, just an absolute wonderful shopping experience. Uh, kid was really helpful, um, answered questions, didn't have any problems. The next day I went back, I was going to pick up some more weights and I was going to pick their brains because uh, it's been my experience that it didn't matter what town or city or, or where you went. If you walk into a mom and, mom and pop tackle shop and you start picking their brains, asking them where to go, what's working, what's not, you know, uh, they bend over backwards. I, I've never had anybody not completely go out of their way to kind of help get me pointed in the right direction, give me some advice, help me help figure out what kind of fishing I'm trying to do and what's going to work the best. For some reason, uh, the, the gentleman that I talked to that day, uh, I don't know if he was a manager or the owner or what the situation was, but he just completely blew me off. Um, and I was prepared if he had recommended, um, and I guess this is a lesson to anybody that works in retail, is I was fully prepared if he had recommended buy this rod, buy this reel, these baits, these lures, this, you know, whatever it was, I probably would have bought it. But he just blew me off. He gave me like some printout of local parks when I was asking about places to fish kind of sent me packing yeah i uh i can definitely see that and i was there the last day that we were uh well second to last day our last full day that we were on the island just to pick up some more shrimp um some finger mullet and wifey sauce was with me and she was gonna buy like a sticker and i think like a yeti cup and i had found two hats that i wanted when we walked in there were two guys at the counter and then one guy just disappeared while we were looking around, and we get behind a couple getting their fishing licenses that they do there. Um, hmm. Here's a hint. It, don't waste anybody, everybody else's time when you can go on the NC Wildlife page and get your digital fishing license and not waste 20 to 30 minutes of somebody else's time when somebody goes on break. So we sat there for long enough where she put the Yeti back, I put the two hats back. The two hats came to about $75. Her Yeti was about 50 I think. Yeah. And because I was like, 
all all I'm getting is enough shit to get in here and get out. Uh, and she's <laughs> like, "Why'd you put your hat back? You really like that hat. You had your you pointed out like last year when you were down here. I was like, I'm not giving them my fucking money for charging me to wait. <laughs> exactly. So we are going to take a quick smoke break. Not not smoking cigarettes or anything or, or you know the other thing. You know, smoking meat. I got a I got a brisket out here on the grill. I got to check on. That's uh. We'll be back at you guys in just a few moments. So moving right back into fishing, uh, the earliest memory that I have of going fishing was with my grandpa on the pond what I talked about earlier. He had made a couple rods out of bamboo uh, mm-hmm. tied some line to the end of them fish in a bobber and it had been like years since he had bush hogged around the pond or anything so we're like fighting <laughs> through brush to get down there and we I think we had drove his truck to the farm which is a five minute drive from our house. We live right, bes- right beside each other growing up and coming out of the weeds I tripped, tried to grab my rod, and the fish hook goes right through my thumb. Oh. Yep. I uh, don't think it made it to the nail, but it uh, it went in there pretty pretty deep. And, of course, that barbed in that keeps your bait on there. Yep. Uh, I Neither he nor I wanted to mess with it until we got back to my mother. Mm-hmm. who was She wasn't you know a nurse or anything, but she was pretty old school and was trained enough in first aid as, you know, growing up uh, in, in the era that she did, uh, you know, where we had... Uh, no safeguards we were still allowed to ride in beds of trucks without uh seat belts there was you know no kids. helmets on bicycles no helmets on bicycles you know you you were pretty much out from you know the sun up to sundown your parents had no idea where you were you knew that uh either the street lights or the sun setting was your time to go home uh that's that's kind of the era that she and, and i pretty much grew up in uh not really worrying living out in the country not worrying about child abductions or anything else mm-hmm. uh, you know, just spending all day in the woods you know playing with sticks making forts doing all that fun stuff so uh got home and i think she ended up uh with a pair of pliers uh, cutting it and forcing it the rest of the way through Oof. the barbell in that way it wasn't ripping anything back out because it was close enough to the skin mm-hmm. to where going through further was going to do less damage than trying to back that guy out and uh, it's my first uh, memory of the smell of betadine. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> that uh, anytime I smell betadine for any type of, uh, you know, when they draw blood, a medical procedure, or anything like that now, it's like I always think about that, that searing pain of a fish hook in my thumb. Mm-hmm. So that, that's my first memory of fishing uh, story. And I don't really have anything for my son yet. Hopefully that'll be in the next few years where I get. Uh, get to get on the water with him and cast a rod, but yeah, he uh, needs a little little more time. Yeah, but uh, your son is uh, eighteen, getting ready to go off to college. Uh, Seventeen, almost eighteen. Okay, yeah. almost eighteen, getting yeah. ready to go off college. Uh, you know, shout out to him uh, going to App State and living his dream to be a some sort of teacher. Not sure. What yeah, he's uh, he's going to be a mathematics teacher, and he wants to teach middle school of all things. Uh, I think every time anyone any he's ever mentioned that to anybody that. Uh, is a teacher they look at him slightly odd and and i think they're questioning his mental stability from that now how does that make you feel as a big old dummy that you're raising a math teacher so somebody's going to be educating our future generations in the uh one of the most important subjects that's out there absolutely math and science um no i i I couldn't be prouder of the kid um you know it was definitely not what i anticipated 
I thought he was going to be into something with computers, video games, you know, uh, most of the kids nowadays are, are kind of leaning that way. And, uh, yeah, it just kind of came out of the blue. Uh, it was really for him. It was, uh, he had a very influential math teacher in high school, uh, that made a huge impact on him and, and he wants to do, he wants to do that for other kids. So that's, uh, you know, very admirable of him for, for one to take that on and, and also picking a career that is very thankless. Um, you know, not just, not just financially, which it's, you know, they don't get paid dick, but it's, uh, it's very thankless, uh, in a lot of other ways. Yeah. So and it's Chris's kids is just a super kid too. I, uh, he works at a, a he did work at a local, uh, Oh no, he's 17. He's still a shithead, but he's a good shit. He's a good yeah. shithead. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, and I'm just going to say uh, just a nice kid. Um, Absolutely. I ran into him after a couple of years of, of not seeing him, no contact at, uh, his, his job, uh, convenient local convenience store kind of a big style convenience store that uh, it's here in winston north carolina and uh, i was like hey are, are you chris's son he's like yeah matt i was like yeah <laughs> and we kind of and i talked to him every time i come in he's just super respectful kid mm-hmm. uh, made it a point to like remember what i came in to get like every time oh, uh, wow. you know and uh just I actually uh, didn't know that that's awesome yeah he's like oh you, you come here to get uh get you, know, you and cigarettes for you and the wife like, yeah <laughs> okay lottery ticket no not today got <laughs> 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 got to get that redneck lottery fund a redneck retirement fund you know <laughs> yeah right yeah, no, he's he's an awesome kid. I I couldn't have ever hoped for for a better kid. And and I'll be honest, I've I've got to give give a lot of that credit to his mom. Um, I think she's she's done a really good job of of counteracting my craziness. So, yeah, as as they should. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a, a big argument where with the the day and age of of feminism and you know equal rights and everything else is. Uh, my philosophy has always been that yes, uh, a woman should and and deserves every right that a man has, uh, but they're also special. Women can do so much more than us that we can't, and they're always the seem to be the they are called the kinder sex for a reason. You know, I can put it as I I wouldn't want a daycare run and staffed by all men watching my kid but you give me a daycare ran and staffed by all women he's there all day long mm-hmm. and you know you can call me a, a bigot or whatever you want for making that statement but uh that's just uh i, I place women in a very high regard in, in the fact of what th- so many things that they can do that are more special than you know us you know big dumb grunts can do <laughs> a lot of times those guys that enjoy getting going out and smelling like fish and bait and you know getting deer blood on ourselves and, and <laughs> doing barbaric shit from time to time and they're they're there to be better than us in, in all aspects really well and i think you're very right uh it's, it's something i had read or seen in a documentary at some point in time is is there are um tribal cultures uh you know uh early native americans or i don't know the specific tribal culture but typically um uh, male children um they spend the first say to age 12 to 14 for their early years they they stay with the women um and then when they get to that kind of you know that 13 14 year old age where it's kind of starting to get into manhood that's when they started following around and and being with the men of the tribe learning those things just because that is kind of uh, in those cultures that's when manhood kind of starts to form and and they need to start learning those skills well forgive me if i'm wrong on this but i believe it's the navajo tribe and there are probably more out there that, that do this is with babies that the babies will suckle the teat of all the women 
in the tribe who are currently lactating at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of where the phrase, it takes a village to raise a child comes from because the whole village literally would raise their children mm-hmm. until the age of you know manhood where then they go out with the men. They learn the hunting. They learn the gathering. They learn all the stuff that the men do. So they mm-hmm. spend their, their early childhood years and then kind of have that transition into manhood. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, it's, it's kind of sad in our, the way our, our society is nowadays, it it should be where a village raises a child, but Mm -hmm. unfortunately we we can't trust the rest of the village now. Um, we're, we're really in that state where, you know, anybody that's, that's helping quote unquote, raise our children, we have to do background checks and we have to vet them and, and go through all these links, whether it be daycares or teachers or, or. Uh, nannies, anything like that. We have to be so protective because there's so many crazy people out there mm-hmm. that want to do just absolutely fucked up things to kids. Well, and you have the people that are proponents of it too, like the these people that are calling pedophiles minor attracted persons. Oh, fuck off. No, no, that's that's a mental illness. And they want to say, well, you know, it's you have to be accepting of all people. I'm sorry. No, the fuck you don't. No, this, um, this is this is one, there is a very hard line drawn on this yeah, one. Yeah, you, you touch kids and, you know... It, it's funny, you know, you get, I hate to use this as, as an example because it almost sounds discreditable, discreditable, but in prisons, the people that they have to keep in solitary for their own safety are the pedophiles. Mm-hmm. Because once word gets out that you touch children or you have, uh, you're in there for that lewd, lascivious act, then you have a price on your back. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's almost like, you know, that's 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 hunting time for them. Whoever can get to you with a shank first, you know. Yeah. If, if all the murderers and criminals and drug dealers and thieves and rapists, if they're all wanting to kill this one group of people, we shouldn't be protecting them by any means. It's like uh, what was the whole thing? It's like uh, I love that sex offenders are on, on a registry and can't own firearms because who do I rob? <laughs> <laughs> Their address is on the Internet. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying go do that. I just thought it was kind of funny. It couldn't happen to a better group of people, but yeah. you know, yeah. maybe don't carry a firearm. Just beat them up with a hammer or something. <laughs> I don't know. A hammer to the dick <laughs> makes somebody <laughs> make somebody do a lot of things. I'm telling you. I've always been for uh, uh, castration. Yeah, chemical castration. Absolutely. Chemical. Oh yeah. yeah well. <laughs> Why waste the money on the chemicals? I mean, battery acid. You. <laughs> Ball peen hammer does a job too. Ball peen hammer, even a you know a small what, hor- a farrier's hammer with a with a horseshoe nail. Can 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 I volunteer to be the hammer? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the butcher and the blade over here. <laughs> Jesus, there's a good podcast name. It's a tag team in, in AEW. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they're called the Butcher and the Blade. Uh, it's the wrong podcast, there, bud. Maybe maybe if we start. Uh, you know, getting sides of beef and getting into now that we're both older than 35, we have to either get into what bourbon, cigars, smoking meat, or mm-hmm. firearms. I think we have a, a little bit of all that yeah, between I think us. We definitely cover all of those. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, I think we might do an episode on uh, how to make a good steak coming up. That'd be a, that'd be a good guy one. Or yeah. steaks and burgers, steaks, burgers, maybe maybe pork butts. Uh, bro- how, how yeah, brats. I mean, because uh, I made some some brats one time and uh-huh. i think they knocked your socks off yeah those were pretty my, outstanding with my uh my grilled onions wrapped up with uh steamed in butter 
Yeah. So let us know. Would you like to hear something about, uh, you know, barbecuing in general, a particular type of barbecue, something that uh, maybe you just want to know more about? Let us know. Yeah. And I'm, uh, I do both. I do both charcoal and propane and propane accessories. <laughs> so I think get, uh, Hank Hill's going to have to be our guest speaker today. He's, he's been in so much. Well, yeah, he's a uh, Strickland propane. Go down there and get all your propane supplies. Uh, you just want to stay away from Nancy in the office or she'll show you her boobs. <laughs> They're uh, not good boobs. All boobs are good boobs. Nancy's are not. You see them and then you're like, no, roll those up and put them away. I've never seen tits with inverted nipples before her. <laughs> they drug the ground. Yeah, they're staring at herself. I told Peggy she didn't believe me. Then I showed her the picture she texted me. <laughs> Peggy's like, why is she texting your boobs? I said, it's her Christmas card. Dang on Instagram, I mean, I tell you what, that dang on titties, I mean, dang on internet, the pictures over and click, 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 click. So, I guess back to the the mental health thing we were talking about with so many undiagnosed conditions, I don't want to move too much into a political aspect of that, which we could, but we're not, seeing as how what I'm getting at is all the mass shootings that have, you know, happened and have been highlighted by the media as of late with the attack on the Second Amendment. I don't want to move in that route. This isn't the podcast for that. If you want to hear that, go to Checkmate with Bishop and Knight. We get way more political on there than you ever will hear us on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the purpose that I think both Chris and I want to do with this is just uh, an outlet for guys to talk and listen to uh, guy stuff. And our first episode actually was about men's mental health awareness. June was men, Men's Mental Health Awareness Month. And we've only had about, I think, 20 listens on that episode. However, we got one listen that made that whole episode worthwhile. Hugely, um, yeah. A guy that I went to school with, played soccer with, knew his mom and dad. He was, I thought he was doing really well for himself. I don't check Facebook too much other than just to post the random meme and, you know, send pictures of my kid to relatives and different stuff, different things on there. Um, but he actually messaged me late one Saturday night and was like, hey, uh, this was right before July 4th. And was like, hey, can I call you? And I was like, give me like 10 minutes. Um, you know, the boy just woke up. I'm getting him back down. Give me a second. So he sent me his number and I called him. It was probably about 15 minutes later. And he's he was, you know, pretty feeling the alcohol that night we'll say um Mm -hmm. i can't judge anybody's level of you know inebriety inebriation yes there you go Uh, (laughs) those sat words (laughs) yeah i tell you what any any can't even say it inebriation his level how drunk he was how drunk him bees uh (laughs) so but he he obviously had 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 a, a few beers as as had i but he i think he was about 12 or 13 more at this point than i was and he had basically said, you know, uh, I always thought that after, you know, after the military, you were kind of a hard ass. Um, I know you partied with me a little bit, you know, when you were older. I, I mean, he was in college, and I was kind of in a limbo phase there. Um, <laughs> you were discovering yourself. I was discovering uh, my addictions, and uh, <laughs> so you know, he's like, I, I know that you've, you know, you talked about, you know, you've been to prison for your DUIs, and you've had struggles with substance abuses, and all this stuff and I listened to your podcast about men's mental health and I lost my stepdaughter to a a health battle and I just I I thought you'd be somebody that could give me some advice and I said well I don't know about advice but I can always listen and we had a a long conversation about an hour and a half and you know he had he had said that you know he's he's getting ready to face some jail time for 
um, violating his probation with some some things. I think they were alcohol-related, possibly drug-related, not sure, but he's been going through a lot with uh, domestic stuff with his significant other, the mother of his stepdaughter. Um, mm. they, I don't think that they're married, um, but he had thought about harming himself because of this prison time that he's facing different things, and I basically, you know, had to talk him off the ledge and say, it's going to be okay, you know, you're going to state prison for DUI, you know, just be be the quiet guy. Keep your head down. Just do your time. Sleep, read, and don't get into it with anybody. You know, take your pride, shove it up your ass, go do your time. You're going to get clean. Come out and be be the better man. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what I had to do. Um, is I had to you know leave the party and leave friends, so-called friends. We'll say yeah. uh, not not. Uh, not all of them. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll name one that stuck around after. So say the real uh, ones will stick. Yeah, at, one stuck around after uh, after I moved. Uh, you know, forty five minutes away, out of a little country town into into the city here, and and basically started my life over. Moved to the big city. Yeah, I made the back to Beverly Hillbillies, and everybody <laughs> packed up in the in the grandma's truck, but. <laughs> Uh, you know, had to move in with my parents for a while. Basically, took a, a real hit to my pride because I was in my late twenties uh, when all this happened. Mm-hmm. And you know, so he listened to the episode and, and got the correct message out of that. Is that if you know somebody and you're going through something, don't hesitate to reach out. E- even email us. Uh, I my email pops up on my phone. It's guywirepod at gmail I will put the link in the description as it is on the first one. Um, but he listened to the episode. I don't know if he made it all the way through. He got into it enough to know that, hey, we genuinely, we genuinely care. And there's no reason with undiagnosed mental illness, such as substance abuse being a side effect of a lot of that, a coping mechanism, that he, th- he found enough of that in himself that he reached out, which was great. I appreciate that. I can't, I can't solve the world's problems, but I can at least help one person with one problem. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and, and and that's really I think for me is is the big key and the big takeaway that if 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 y'all don't hear anything else from this podcast is is if you got something going on, if you're thinking about harming yourself or harming people around you, just talk to somebody. Yeah, you know? and that whole thing about calling the suicide hotline. Yeah, okay, sure, but that's that's pretty much bullshit. When I've been down and out and I've thought about self harm. It's never been the suicide hotline. It's always been a friend that I've reached out mm-hmm. to. And it could have been a friend that, like this guy, I haven't talked to him in 10, maybe even 15 years. Just yeah. other than being friends on Facebook, I don't know if I've even commented on a post that he's had. But he listened to the episode. He saw that my you know, my profile was green, that I was on Facebook, I was online, and he reached out. And that's wow. cool. Like, that's... The- no, it's, it's more than cool. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's... it's I'm, I'm, when you had texted me that, uh, you know, a few nights after we had, uh, we had done that podcast, I was blown away. Like Mm -hmm. I, I didn't respond to you right away because I think I was, I was, I had to take a step back and and really kind of process that, uh, before I could even respond. And, and I guess kind of going along with, with this whole thing is, is something I wanted to share. And I haven't even talked to you about this. I've made the decision. And, uh, you know, if you go back and listen to our first episode, I, I remember there was a lot of stuff I talked about as to why I didn't talk to a counselor or a therapist or anybody like that. Psychologist. Psychologist. Yeah, prof- a professional. A professional. You know, I, I, I gave, and I'd gone back and listened to it and, and I gave a lot of reasons why I didn't and why I, I quote unquote couldn't, but I wasn't giving myself any reasons to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, conversations with some somebody recently 
really kind of illustrated to me how much I need to um, and how much that could be beneficial to me and uh, uh, help me kind of fix a few things. Yeah. Um, or if nothing else, just get another perspective on things. And, and I've actually made the decision to seek out yeah. a professional to talk to. Well, I, I've, I've had a, an, enough going on that, you know, I just kind of denied that it was even a problem for so long. Mm-hmm. And then finally, when you, you know, somebody else puts it to you in a way that you're like, oh, well, yeah, maybe it wouldn't hurt to talk to somebody. And then you have a couple sessions with somebody and, and it might not even be the same person because I went through a couple uh, a couple of therapists or psychologists or counselors, whatever you want to call them, um, before I found somebody who really I felt like connected and had some good feedback. Because mm-hmm. some of them are just there to listen, and that sucks. Oh, I can talk to my cat if I can need that. <laughs> oh, shit, I talk to myself all the time. Like I'm, <laughs> I go out there and mow the yard, and I'm just mumbling up a fucking storm on ideas and shit. I mean, I'm just like that's how my brain works. Um, my grandma used to do it. My grandpa said she's talking to the devil. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that, maybe that's true too, but no, it's, uh, and I suggest even if, if you find yourself thinking that you're, you know, 100% good, your life is going great. And I'm not saying go looking for somebody to find problems that aren't there, but once a month for a tune up, man, Mm -hmm. like you, you, your body is, is a temple and you know, your, your brain is this, you know, this weird thing piloting a skeleton, you know, a a skeleton (laughs) vehicle of flesh and muscle and, and, and it, it it needs maintenance too. So, I mean, if you can afford it, um, I know there are even some free options out there, but, uh, go talk to somebody monthly. It's just a tune up. Mm -hmm. And, And, and this goes, I think more so for introverts that don't spend a lot of time out talking to people that don't get, because I am a very introverted person now way more so than in the past. And I noticed the more that I turned inward on myself, the more I needed an outlet too. Yeah. So I'm, I'm proud of you, man, for, uh, for, for going and, and, figuring some shit out yeah it was it was not something i came to lately um you know it was it was a tough decision but i think it's it's uh it's necessary yeah well Um, it's it's hard to put your pride aside a lot of times which that's a that's another argument of of why i hate the word pride yeah well (laughs) and well and and i'll say anybody that knows me can probably attest to this is, is i'm the biggest asshole i know so if if i can do it um you know, I don't, I don't, I don't care how much of a hard ass you are or how tough you are. You, you can do it too. Mm-hmm. And, and if you enjoy being an asshole, like sometimes therapy helps you be a better, funnier asshole. Like you can tell stories, and you know, I, my my therapist is great. He'll come back with, "Oh man, if I was in that situation, I'd have said this." And I was like, "That's why you're a doctor." <laughs> <laughs> like you're giving me antidotes to use in future conversations, so I can be more of an asshole to these people. <laughs> Like you're talking to this the same guy that I was explaining uh, charges on an account to somebody when I was in in retail banking and and I had been over it like we'd been 45 minutes round and round I did the math on paper on a calculator I had a highlighter out I'd d- done everything but brought out a fucking crayon <laughs> and I finally said I can explain it to you but I can't understand it for you. Yeah. And that's when I kind of had to stop and go get my branch manager and say, look, dude, I'm going to flip. <laughs> I'm going to lose my mind. If I've, you I've run out of vocabulary. <laughs> I had ran out of fucks to give. Like I was almost <laughs> to the point of uh, like pulling up my family farm and saying, okay, this is where I grow my fucks. And as you can see, the crop isn't doing good. None are growing there. This I, year. I have zero fucks to give. Okay. <laughs> like zero. Like I, There might be a couple fucks I can sell. But I can't give a fuck right now. Yep. 
And I think any not just retail banking, anybody that works in retail can feel that one. Retail, restaurant. Yep. Any um, kind of any kind of customer service or, or sales. Absolutely. So folks, I think uh, I think that's probably gonna wrap us up for the evening. Um, we're uh, we're definitely gonna be working on uh, getting more content out to you guys and, and at least trying to do it on a weekly basis. So uh, hopefully you all will tune into our next episode um, that we don't have a topic for yet. So if you have something that you want to talk about, let us know. Yeah, um, email us. I'll put the link down in the in the episode description, but it is guywirepod at gmail.com. And we might have some merchandise coming up for you, possibly. If you want to see anything uh, special, give us a shout-out for ideas there. And I think we got some some really fun ideas already, too. Got so, some fun yeah. ideas there. Um, and then uh, possibly a few cool guests coming up. Got a guy that works in a career that I used to in uh, loss prevention, and a tattoo artist. Ooh, nice! You hadn't mentioned that to me. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued about that. Yeah, he had. Uh, he was the guy that I was talking to a while ago. Well, both of them a while ago for the checkmate stuff, and it ended up just not working out with me and uh, Kevin Bishop's schedule and the fact that we can pretty much do anything nightly after I put the boy to bed, and we live kind of central here mm-hmm. to to the area. I think uh, it might work out to get those guys on here, and yeah, even. Even Kevin Bishop might want to come on and talk about man stuff. I know he's kind of metro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he, but he's still a guy. He's yeah. a guy. He's a guy at heart. I mean, he has a penis allegedly. Alleged. Well, so I've I, heard. I, would, I haven't I would, seen it myself, but I, I've, I've heard. I haven't either. But there was like a weird night in the apartment that we used to have together where like he showed it to a girl that I brought home. <laughs> I, oh, what does that? Happen? I don't. I don't. I don't really want to get into how all that happened. It was that was just like a. <laughs> it was so weird, man. It was such a weird, such a weird time. I think we may we might have to do a whole episode on that later. I don't know if it's worth the whole episode. I do. I do remember. She, I don't wouldn't know what the conversation beforehand is, but I know her comment was, "Yeah, I totally see what you mean." It looks like a dick, only smaller. <laughs> Kevin, we love you, and it's all in good fun. Yeah. Mostly. Mostly. It's all in good making fun of you. No, no he had, uh, I guess he doesn't check his Twitter responses regularly. Um, I had, I was on my Swanton Pod page, which I, I don't have a Twitter for this yet. I don't know if I will, because I'm just trying to figure out how Twitter really works. But I'm on the pro wrestling community, and I comment and share and, and different stuff with the pro wrestlers, and it's cool because they'll actually re- retweet or respond to you. Um, they're, you know, I guess small, small enough celebrities, but big enough that I think it's cool. Yeah. Um, to, to get back to you and, and show your content, but I was on that page, and he had posted something, and I and I I had responded like. You're so funny in real life. I don't understand why you're so cringe online. <laughs> he like responded like, "This is one of the best statements I've ever seen." <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, yeah, give us a shout. Uh, you want to be a guest? You want to pay for me a lawnmower? Uh, you want to give us fishing tips? Hey, anybody? Do, do you just want to come on and talk shit to us while we're doing a podcast? That would be fun too. Yeah, if you want to have a back and forth letter Kenny style, uh, I'll take the tarps off, boys, and we can have a Donnie Brook. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Otherwise, we'll see you. Hey, next week. Next week. Thank you, guys. Thank mm-hmm. you.